Park Church. I'm bringing you the message today from my kayak on Mirror Lake in Wisconsin, uh, near Rhinelander, Wisconsin, which is up north. In Wisconsin, when you go vacationing, often you say, you know, we're going up north. It's kind of like in Colorado when, when you just say, we're going to the mountains. It usually means somewhere west of Denver. And in Wisconsin, uh, up north means somewhere in the northern part of the state where there's lots of lakes and green trees and it's just, um, it's just beautiful. And Tim has been vacationing up north his entire life, being from Wisconsin, and I have been vacationing up north with his family for this summer. We'll be married 19 years, so for 19 years. And um, <clears throat> it is a beautiful tradition in our lives. So I want to start out this morning sharing a poem with you. It's a poem by Wendell Berry, and it's called The Peace of Wild Things. I've been reading this poem just about daily while we've been up north. <clears throat> When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting with their light. For a time, I rest in the grace of the world and am free. We're in this series called The Strong and Unshakable Kingdom and we are borrowing that phrase <clears throat> from an author, James Bryant Smith, who simply said, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights and I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of God. That kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. The kingdom of God is not in trouble. The kingdom of this world, on the other hand, sure feels to be like it is in a lot of trouble. And we're coming into this like new level of awareness of problems in our world that have existed for a long time, have always existed. Um, we're seeing injustices more clearly. And some of you might be feeling like, where is the hope? Like, wow, this is just like so depressing. Where is the hope? Like, aren't we supposed to be people of hope? Uh, I just want to be hopeful. And I think sometimes when people say like, where is the hope? There's a little bit of confusion around the difference between hope and optimism. Like sometimes we confuse hope with optimism. Optimism comes from the word optical. Like we, we talk about having you know our optic nerve. And optimism is about having a sense of positivity. Uh, positivity based on what I see. And when you and I look at the world right now, uh, we see a lot of pain. We see a lot of hardship. Uh, there is not a basis for a lot of optimism. Not a, uh, there's not a basis when we look out at the world uh, for a lot of positivity based on what you see right now. Um, in fact, people who have the privilege of seeing the world optimistically are probably not seeing the world through the eyes of those experiencing oppression and injustice. Um, now, if that's the case, how do we live in the world and be wide awake 
how do we live in the world and be present to the world without becoming cynical, without giving into bitterness? Uh, I wonder if it would be helpful to, to just um, remember that God does not call us to optimism, but to faith. And what is faith? Hebrews says faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. You know, we look around right now and what we often see is terrible. It should break our hearts. We look around and we do not see a lot of reason for optimism. Some of what we see right now, it ought to anger us. It ought to disturb us. It ought to break our hearts. If we're honest, kind of like the Wendell Berry poem, it scares us. Like he says, when I awake in the night, afraid of what my life and my children's lives will be. God doesn't call us to like a superficial positivity that everything will work out if, you know, we're just like stay optimistic enough, like keep a positive outlook. Rather, we're invited into a life of faith. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. We do not see. And yet, we have faith. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, first of all, you know, it's like, it's like faith in God. A God in whom I can place my faith and I can place my trust. And so we can each do the thing that we are called to do with faith. We serve a God who has declared that there is a kingdom that has come and is coming. It's a kingdom so very different than the kingdom of this world. And the thing is, we can begin living in that kingdom now. Faith is the assurance of what we hope for, the certainty of what we do not see. Um, in fact, a lot of the work that you may be called to do, you may not see. You may never see the fulfillment of that work. You may never see the vision fulfilled that you're working for. In other words, like it may not happen in your lifetime. You may not see progress. And so if you cannot have optimism, maybe, maybe you're being invited into a deeper faith that you cannot see. We live in the strong and unshakable kingdom and we are also living right now in a world not yet made right. We're citizens of the strong and unshakable kingdom living in exile in a world not yet made right. And while we live here, Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. Now in heaven, it will be made right. But right now we're still in a world not yet made right. And so we're not optimistic in the sense of just like slap a little positivity, you know, have a little positive thinking on the state of the world. Instead, we are people of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the certainty of what we do not see. It's the assurance of what we hope for. We hope for a world made right. And faith assures us that God is in the process of making all things new. Faith is also a certainty of what we do not see. 
we do not yet see, but we are certain God is achieving it even though we cannot see it. Now, the chapter where this passage comes from in Hebrews 11 is like this great chapter of all these incredible people of faith throughout the scriptures. And it goes through all these different people, you know, by faith, Noah built this ark, and by faith, Moses left his home for a land he did not see. By faith, Sarah believed God. On and on and on, all these people. And then the writer of Hebrews says, all of these people died in faith without having received the things that they were promised. They did not receive what was promised. And right now, as I look around and, and talk with many of you, I see you, my friends, like as like a continuation, like we're like a continuation of this lineage of faithful covenant people. I see you teachers who by faith are showing up for your students. Students who sometimes don't want to be there. I see you leaders who are making decisions for your companies and for your organizations, trying to navigate uncertain and unprecedented times, navigating difficult politics. I see you parents in faith showing up to try to provide a godly home for your children. And I see you grandparents showing up for your families at large with the wisdom of your life. I see you, Platt Park Church, showing up in faith as best you can in these certain uncertain and, and divided times that we're living in. And right now, many of you might feel like you're kind of losing hope. In Hebrews 11, it says of all these people, they were longing for a better country, like a heavenly one. And we're longing for a better country, too. A heavenly one and sometimes the greatest symbol of resistance in times of intense struggle is when you choose to thrive despite everything around you telling you you really ought to just like curl up and die before you physically die sometimes the greatest form of resistance is to choose to thrive anyway like when you say I see that the world is on fire I see that there are so many reasons to despair. And I choose to live anyhow. Sometimes that's like the greatest form of resistance. Sometimes the greatest symbol of resistance is to choose to thrive despite all the sadness around you. I heard Brenda Salter McNeil talk about traveling through Palestine and she said, you know, I expected when I went to Palestine, there's so much oppression, there's so much sadness. I expected to just look and see nothing but sadness everywhere. And she said, but what I saw was I'm walking and I see people in love holding hands and I see children laughing and playing and I see olives of every color in the market and I see people cooking tasty food for their families. I see people choosing to thrive despite all the sadness, despite all the oppression. Sometimes that is our greatest form of resistance. So may you show up to the work that God has called you to do.
May you teach those kids who don't want to be taught. May you lead that organization with all its politics. May you resist injustice wherever you see it. May you speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And while you do this most important work you are called to, may you not forget to simultaneously live, to thrive in the little corner of the world where God has planted you, to show up and keep loving your people and making them laugh and cooking them tasty food because that is an important part of your resistance too. As a follower of God in the way of Jesus, may you look in the mirror each day and say, I am one in whom Christ dwells and delights. And I live, I live in the strong and unshakable kingdom of heaven. That kingdom is not in trouble and neither am I. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. I love you guys.